Welcome everyone to a live broadcast of Sustainability Now here on WFMP. We are live broadcasting from Logic, which is a place you've heard about on the show before. It's a wonderful co-working space in the gateway to Nulu Building at 522 East Market Street. You can learn more about them at logic.org. And uh, tonight on the show, we're going to be talking about the Equity in Arts program and Logic's insightful business accelerator cohort of 22 through 24. And I am broadcasting to you from their special podcast studio here at Logic. Uh, And you remember on this show earlier, we had Marlisha Woods, who's with us again tonight, the Equity in Arts coordinator from uh, Logic. And she's going to be sharing with us today uh, some of the exciting stuff going on here at Logic. Welcome to our wonderful little studio here. Uh, how's, how's it going here at Logic these days? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, Logic is doing a lot of really cool things right now. And one of those special uh, launch uh, program launch is Insightful Business Accelerator. And we're super excited to be here tonight and to be able to engage and talk to your audience. We've got individuals from that particular cohort. We've got Reconcile Consulting, Robin G. Poetry, and Youngblood Harmonizing Arts. And so with that cohort, we have workplace wellness, really emphasizes leadership and also mental health awareness. And then we also have Robin G., which is going to be um, launching our performing arts sector here at Logic and Enjoy Your Youngblood, which will be doing our visual arts. She's encompassing art and healing. It's a lot of really cool things. Yeah, wow, that's that's a lot going on. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to dive into this. For those who didn't hear our show earlier about Logic and its mission and just what goes on here, could you give folks just a quick overview of that before we dive into the individual guests tonight? Well, Logic Everyday Community is absolutely amazing. It's a nonprofit organization, and currently as it launched in Louisville, Kentucky, we had the privilege of launching Equity in Arts. Equity in Arts is a program that is very holistic in nature. It brings community members together and we're redefining what art is. It doesn't have to be in the traditional sense of painting or performing arts. It could be just you using whatever your gift is for the good of the group. And so we're able to couple that with a lot of public health. When we think about art, it is really not disconnected from public health. There's a lot of intersectionality and tonight you're going to see that. Wow. Yeah, that's for sure. Our guests tonight are going to represent that full intersectionality of what you going on, what you've got going on in equity in the arts. Uh, and you've been equity in the arts director now for has it been a year yet? <laughs> no, not quite a year. <laughs> not quite. No, Logic hasn't been here for a year, but I've been here a little bit short after they start kickstarted. Been here for roughly about eight eight months or so. Okay, all right. And people can learn more about Logic at L O D G I C dot org and it's pretty quiet here i guess most of the co-workers have gone home for the day right yes i believe so our co-working space usually is a uh, full throttle during the day eight to five nine to five and so most of the co-working spaces um they're not really utilized right now but right. uh we're here and the neat thing about this place is that there's childcare too right and i guess the kids have gone home for the day yes that is correct <laughs> it's a really interesting model we have a lot of different lines of business all under one roof yeah. Serving for the good of the community. Yeah, and food too, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Cafe and restaurant, everyday kitchen, which oh. is Leo's best at this. Leo's uh, 
Weekly, the the best new restaurant to, to be exact. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that in the Leo. That's so great. Yeah, congratulations to everybody involved in that. That's really awesome. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna pull into the studio for me some guests tonight. Who we got first? We're gonna speak with N Williams and Aralia Williams from Reconcile Consulting, and they're gonna explain some of the services that they provide in regards to mental health awareness and leadership consulting. All right, so coming into the podcast studio live here on Forward Radio, and me, Justin Mogg, with Sustainability Now, got Ian Williams and Arlia Williams of Reconcile Consulting. They're just incredibly insightful individuals that uh, help you find your strengths and passions, uh, and they'll help you understand yourself and equip you for growth. Uh, So let's talk about Reconcile Consulting. What do you all do? Well, we are uh, leadership and team development specialists with a focus on um, particularly diversity and inclusion as well as mental health awareness. Um, Of course, everything we do is is based on leadership. That's that's the primary lens. But we find that that there's so many connected connections between those three elements, um, mental health awareness, diversity, inclusion and leadership. Well, absolutely. So what scale of organizations do you consult with? Well, we're actually equipped to, to consult with all sizes, wow. <laughs> small, medium, large. Wow. Um, we, we do work with one-on-ones and individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners, but we also are able to facilitate and provide training to larger corporations as well. Okay, cool. So you want to shout out any of uh, the folks you've helped out in the past, any, any of those organizations? Sure. We've worked with uh, New Washington State Bank. I've worked with Ivy Tech. Um, and as well as the, now the national brand, Logic Everyday Community. That is so awesome. So when you're doing this work, what would usually draw a, a business or an organization to to reach out to you guys? What is it that they're, they're noticing is a big need amongst their employees? Well, I think one of the, the unique things that we're able to offer is the workplace wellness piece. Yeah. Uh, we have the mental health background and the organizational psychology that factors into that. Um, diversity and inclusion, that's, that's a big thing um, that we're involved in. Uh, and so when people are looking to have somebody come in and facilitate that sort of training, we're equipped to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know so many organizations are, are starting to recognize that they've got to figure out diversity and inclusion if they want to function properly. So um, can you tell us some of those stories about how these organizations were failing and you were able to help them get back on track? So one of our Our first clients that we had worked with is a construction company and for the most part uh, the majority of individuals were of the same demographic and uh, a lot of the times same age and so uh, they did have some younger people come in and some different experiences they were having so we came in and addressed diversity inclusion beyond um, just the the typical things that, that people think of but also like uh, we address like ageism and sexism and stuff like that as well within the workplace. That sounds like it could be pretty emotional stuff. <laughs> Does that come up in your work? Well, most definitely, yeah. And politics, unfortunately, <laughs> way too much. So. so what are some of the, I mean, you don't have to give away all the tricks of the trade, but what are some of the tools you use to break down those barriers and get get these teams building community? Yeah, it really starts with a conversation. We approach, we really approach the majority of our tam- our trainings like a conversation, because yeah. we re- we want to help the people, um, any pr- anyone that participates in anything that we do, 
uh, get from point A to point B, right? And in order to do that, we have to really meet them where they are. Right? We can't, we're not um, delivering anything that's prescriptive or, or canned, right? One size fits all. We, we make sure that we're connecting with them, uh, you know, for lack of better phrasing, maybe even a SWOT analysis, right? Strengths and weaknesses and opportunities. Where are you? Uh, it doesn't matter where the next guy is or the other corporation is, but where are you in, in this process? And, you know, one of the stories that I, I like to bring up is a lot of, uh, <clears throat> a lot of our corporate leaders, um, when they get into business, it's hard, right? Yeah. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Being a small business owner is hard. Finding the right people is difficult. Oh and so once they, once they find themselves in a position where they can hire, it's easy for them to hire people that make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, beyond yes men, um, which, which is a, another whole other issue, <laughs> they, tend to, they tend to hire people, we tend to hire people that think, look, and act like we do, right? And we, of course. Yeah. And, and th- because we feel like for some reason, we trick ourselves into believing that that's when we can be our most, the most uh, authentic. authentic version of ourselves. Yeah. Right. We trick ourselves into thinking yeah. we can find people that think and believe the things that we do. <laughs> we can be we can just be ourselves. We can relax. But the world doesn't work that way. <laughs> the world does not work that way. Right. And, and in fact, it really stifles creativity. Yeah. It stifles things like innovation. And so a lot of corporations who haven't, you know, built with the, with with this intention in mind are really caught behind the eight ball because they're not innovating in the industry. You can't lead any, anybody. Um, you can't be a leader in, 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 in any industry if you're not innovating. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, you, you think entrepreneurs are inherently innovative, but I'm sure there's, there's ways to cultivate a workspace that allows for more innovation, right? Are those some of the tools you're trying to give your, your clients? So one of the things that we like to facilitate are DISC assessments. Um, and similar personality assessments so that people can learn their communication styles, but not just about themselves, how to communicate with other people. Mm -hmm. So that really helps to overcome some of those barriers and also to encourage psychological safety in the workplace to be able to show up and be one's vulnerable self, their full authentic self. I mean, we find that, you know, everybody wants what we call discretionary effort, right? And that's just like the extra, going the extra mile. Yeah. You know, we've always said we love to see you when you go the extra mile. But if you're if you're showing up in a space where you're not able to be your authentic self, <laughs> you don't feel <laughs> safe, right? Yeah. Speaking up, then you're not going to provide much discretionary effort. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. I, I can see the value of these services. I, tell me, how did you two get into this kind of work? How did this all come about? Well, I think we. We initially started out with leadership development. I think growing up um, personally ourselves in the area of leadership um, is particularly where I found my niche. And Mm -hmm. I I let my my wife and partner speak for herself, but uh, I mean, she's in mental health. So, um, you know, on both sides of the coin, it requires a level of intention and personal growth uh, as we progress. And so uh, I discovered that I was pretty passionate about it just based on my personal journey and my own failings. Honestly, I made a lot of mistakes as a leader. Yeah. Uh, when I was put in a position to, to manage projects or lead others, specifically leading other people. And I recognized uh, what I describe as a deficit um, that I think the average person, everyone has, regardless if they consider themselves naturally talented as a leader, we all have, a, we all have our shortcomings and we all have a need to continue to work, grow and learn. Wow. Yeah. And, and how did you get into So we kind of have this fun, unique mashup. So I do... <laughs> I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I practice therapy, you know, and and one of the big things for me is that we're working on 
personal growth and self-leadership even in the therapy room. Mm. And so it just it was natural for the two to come together. And then we also saw a need for uh, incorporations and organizations more of a, a mental health awareness and trauma-informed leadership. So that's really something that uh, we're kind of wanting to pioneer is what does it look like to have trauma-informed leadership? Right. Wow, that is cool. I wish I could talk to you more about that. We're running out of time for this segment of the program, but before I let you go, how can people learn more about Reconcile Consulting? Yeah, you can find us at www.reconcileconsulting.com. You can also follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Team Reconcile, as well as on Instagram. All right, thank you so much for coming in the podcast studio with me today. This was fun. Thank you for having us. Thank, thank you. All right. We are broadcasting live here on Forward Radio. It's a special night on sustainability now with me, Justin Mogg, coming you to you from the podcast studio here at Logic Everyday Community. Uh, we are at 552 East Market Street in the gateway to Nulu Building tonight on Monday evening. And I have the pleasure of interviewing folks from uh, Logic's Insightful Business Accelerator cohort for 2022 to 24. Uh, you just heard from Ian and Arlia Williams of Reconcile Consulting. And I have a new guest in the studio tonight. We want to introduce yourself to our listeners. Of course. Hello, my name is Julia Youngblood, and I'm with Youngblood Harmonizing Arts. All right. And I do have down that people can play along at home and find you at youngbloodharmonizingarts.com, right? Uh, what is Youngblood Harmonizing Arts? Youngblood Harmonizing Arts is a um, kind of like a, a whole bunch of different services that I provide um, that are all related to my strengths. It's a kind of like a portfolio career that I've created. Um, it's uh, photographic services, creative, hands-on workshops, especially in the visual arts, and also Jinchen Jitsu. <laughs> yes, <Whoa. laughs> you know, it's a, a little bit of everything. Um, Genshin Jitsu is a healing art form uh, for mind, body, and spirit. So what I love to do is um, provide any one of those services or incorporate them all together. I was just going to ask, is there a way to bring all of those into one? What does that look like? Yes. <laughs> um, well, this April, I'm going to be having a visual art uh, exhibition here at Logic oh, upstairs. Okay. Yes. So about uh, 30 of my paintings will be shown at that time. But while that exhibition is up, I'm going to be providing a interactive retreat for about seven to 10 people where they'll be in the space where the paintings are hung. They will be experiencing what Jin Jin Chitsu is, learning about self-help techniques, things that they can do to harmonize their own mind, body, and spirit. And in addition, um, being engaged in visual art and writing workshops during that first day. And all of those workshops will be really easy to dive into. You don't have to be an artist to participate, just um, somebody who wants to express themselves creatively. And then the following day, they'll get to experience a session, a one-on-one -on -one session of Jin Jin Jitsu with, with myself. Yeah, no, I, that's great. I, I want to hear. I want to learn more about what this this martial art is. Is that what you would call it? Is or? Um, it's actually not a martial okay, art. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, Jin Shin Jitsu is translated into the person of compassion. Uh, well, the art of the creator through the person of compassion is huh. the best way to put it. 
and it's a hands-on um, healing um, uh, art form where you touch different areas oh. on the body to help the body to harmonize itself and come back into balance. Wow. Yeah. But that word Jinchen Jitsu is used a lot because it means art. So martial oh, arts. I'm sorry. Okay. That is neat. Yes. Very cool to learn about that. I, I always <laughs> learn something on the show and I learned about that today. That is cool. Is it, is it something you practice only on yourself or on to other people too? As a practitioner, I can do sessions for other people. But I also, one of the things I value most is teaching people um, self-help and things that they can do easily for themselves. Currently, I've been teaching a class at Molo Village at 12th and Jefferson for some elders, and they're learning simple techniques that they can do to harmonize their own self, calm themselves, um, help kind of come out of their mind if they're having a lot of worry, help with arthritis and other um, ailments and things that they're experiencing in their body. Wow, that's cool. So when you're trying to harmonize, that's your harmonizing arts. I love it. I'm starting to get it now. Uh, are you... Is this inner work or is it harmony with others and with the environment too? It's definitely all of it. Okay. Yes, everything. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people are really disconnected from their creative energy and are really missing that. Um, I think about young people and how a lot of young people aren't even sure how to use scissors anymore. Right. And, <laughs> you know, we're just missing making something with our hands. And so in my hands-on workshops, I really love to bring in beautiful, beautiful um, materials and let people make something and have no expectation that it be perfect, but just something out of their own creative energy and uh, nothing that looks anything like anybody else's. You know, not one of these uh, wine, sip and create things where everybody walks oh, away with something that looks the same, but <laughs> how can we each express our own uniqueness, um, our authenticity, our beauty, our pains, all of everything in something that we can make. So a lot of people also have been very, um, like maybe they were visual artists up until about middle school and then they didn't have any kind of classes anymore so they feel really intimidated. Yeah. A lot of people when they sit down to make something they're automatically um, questioning their own abilities. So how to just break out of that, have fun, make something one of my most favorite things to do recently has been bilateral drawing, where you take a writing instrument or a crown or a marker in both hands. Do it once? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's so fun. And you, you make the mark in the same direction. So if you're going up, you know, you go up with both hands. And by doing this, you actually harmonize the, the body, the brain, the um, emotional state, as well as create something beautiful. Wow, that does sound intimidating. I'm already, like, I was thinking of imagining myself just picking up a, a crayon or something to make something quote-unquote beautiful or expressive uh, and feeling intimidated by that. But if you're, if you're trying to get me out of my really, like, control and space and doing something more subconscious by doing two at once, yes. uh, that is a little intimidating. Well, you know, it, it can be, but part of what happens when you start is you get out of that worry. Okay. Yeah, it really just calms you down. Yeah. And um, it's a lot, it's really fun. Try it out <laughs> later on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's great. It's so needed because I, there is this, like, assumption that we're not doing art unless we're trained or really know what we're doing, right? Uh, but I guess th this is really about 
tapping into like a child's mindset where all kids do art, right? Definitely about play. Play, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. and um, textures. Um, Fun. Yeah, yeah. For about 16 years, I was at the Kentucky Center for the Performing Arts, directing a program oh, called Arts Reach, oh. and I lost that position during COVID. And after that, I was like, "What am I going to do?" <laughs> and I was like, "I just want to do what I love." You know, I love um, being with people, making art. I love Jin Jin Jitsu. Um, I just really want all of these tools to be more accessible to people. And through the work here with Logic, I'm able to spend every day making art with people and helping. Um, I've been doing some really, really impactful uh, consultancy through the Kentucky Arts Council, helping organizations throughout the state create cultural equity plans. So similar to what Reconcile is doing on the individual and corporate level, this is really getting in there and doing that work with um, arts organizations who are trying to figure out how to really make arts accessible to everybody. That is so great, and it makes sense then why you're a recipient of this accelerator program in equity in the arts. Is it's, I've I've heard Marlisha talk so much about uh, breaking down these barriers to becoming more artful and expressive, uh, and how that can can be a pathway open to everybody for healing, too. So I wonder if you have any personal stories about how this work has done that healing, whether it's in your own life or or people you've worked with. Well, the arts have saved my own life, <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nothing is coming to mind right this second in quite the way that you phrased it. But you have seen the power. Yes, definitely seen the power of yeah. the arts to bolster individuals, to one of the most important parts of the arts, I feel, is the way they create community. Um, right. When I was at the center, I, I saw the way, you know, the Kentucky Center is a building, but it would just come alive whenever I was putting on these <laughs> programs and uh, all of the community members were able to come in and be on the stage and not have that barrier based on ticket price or, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So definitely takes a uh, place and make it really come alive and I feel that with logic here as well that you know there's a certain demographic here a lot working on their own art or maybe not their art but their whatever their business is through the co-working space and um, but how can more people know about this place how can they come in and and really make it a destination in a different kind of way for the yeah. arts well, that's awesome. Uh, again, nearing the end of our time together, but could you remind people about this April exhibit? What are the dates? How would people find out? Is it, Can they still register for the program you're talking about or any of those details? Yeah, um, the exhibition will be up from April 1st until the end of April, the 30th, and there's going to be an opening reception on Friday, April 1st, um, from 530 until 8 or 9 o'clock at night still working out the details. <laughs> the show is called Held in This Way. And um, if they're interested in the offering for the retreat, they can contact me at Youngblood Harmonizing Arts. Well, that is so cool. Uh, come on out. Come back to Logic on 
April 1st at 5.30 p.m. for the opening of this exhibit with Julia Youngblood of Youngblood Harmonizing Arts, which you can find online at youngbloodharmonizingarts.com. Thank you so much, Julia. That was so cool. <laughs> and we are live from Logic Everyday Communities here in the Gateway to Louisville, to Nulu building at 552 East Market Street on Sustainability Now. We're coming to you live on this Monday evening with this special interview with uh, the recipients of Logic's Equity and Arts Insightful Business Accelerator Program for 2022-24. You just heard Julia Youngblood of Youngblood Harmonizing Arts. And to, right now we're going to move on to the performing arts track with Robin Garner of Robin G Poetry. Welcome to our little podcast studio. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I don't know. I, I should have had time to talk with you earlier and see if you have anything to perform tonight oh my gosh <laughs> i don't but okay. listen you all can find where i perform on robingpoetry.com and i'll be doing a lot of performance arts workshops here at logic <laughs> okay all right i shouldn't have put you on the spot like that but but if you had to describe uh, your poetry mm -hmm. i don't know if you do other arts too poetry, uh, uh, <laughs> poetry mainly what kind of a poet are you? What kind of issues do you tackle? So I am known for my, and take pride in my raw and uncensored narrative in regard to women, um, self-identity, not losing ourselves in the midst of everything else that is expected of us. So my demographic is uh, typically women. I touch the heart of men also. They tell me that they, I help them understand their wives better. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm super excited to expand on that demographic here at Logic. Uh, I mainly work with women and young ladies, so I'm excited to workshop with men, young men, people of all ages and genders. So. All right. How do you help somebody who doesn't have a lot of confidence see that they can be a, be a poet, too? So a lot of my workshops are um, written around affirmations. And right. during those workshops, I see it work within 45 minutes. I go into uh, group homes and schools and classrooms, and most of the students are very timid. They don't want to share. They don't want to. And by the end of the class, they're like waving their arms rapidly, like, I want to go. I want to go. They ask me, can they stand at the front of the class? They really? say it with their chest. So I literally watch these affirmations work within 45 minutes to an hour. So it doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little bit of I am and hearing your own voice and just affirming that you are in a space you're supposed to be in and that your voice is as important as anyone else's. And, and this really ties back into what we were just talking about with Julia Youngblood. You don't have to be trained as a poet to express yourself through poetry, right? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I am. I always say that I'm self-taught. I am gifted. I was born with this. I don't have any formal training. I don't have any letters behind my name. I am good at what I do, and I've nurtured it. I've cultivated my gift over the years. Um, I've attended workshops myself, so no, no formal training is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, so how did you find, how did you come to poetry? How did you find it as meaningful in your life? I always say that poetry found me. <laughs> I was a young girl, grew up poor, didn't have a lot. I remember my mother had a subscription to Harlan Quinn romance novels, uh -huh. and we had a big blue dictionary. So at 10, 11 years old, I was probably writing poetry that was 
beyond <laughs> my years, but I got tired of reading the same thing. So I started just, I was like, I can write this. And I can't remember when my short stories kind of transitioned into poetry. My words just started rhyming and wow. I started picking up a cadence that, yeah, wow. it just, poetry found me and I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> well, that's, that's so cool because people describe art often as, you know, coming from some kind of muse, like they can't even place where it's coming from, it just sort of pours out of them. And it sounds like you feel like that poetry does that for you. Yes, I always say poetry and prayer saved me. <laughs> if, I, if I'm not writing or spitting some poetry, I'm praying. So those two. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, how do, you, how do you deal with having to produce something then? If, it's, if it just sort of comes to you naturally... I mean, writers deal with this, all kinds of writers deal with this, like writer's block. Like, how do I get inspired? Like, how do you like sit down and force yourself to do this? So a good friend of mine, I don't know if you know her, Hannah Drake, oh she, <laughs> yes. she told me to always write about the block, okay. write about whatever's blocking me. Just write wow. about the block. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And that works. It I've does? written, yeah, I've written, like I sit and I'm like. I have writer's block and I just start rhyming like very elementary Dr. Seuss cat in the hat. And then yeah. I come up with one of the most beautiful pieces. <laughs> and I've also turned uh, Robin G poetry into a business. So I am commissioned to write pieces. And people, people think because it only takes me 10 to 15 minutes to produce this piece of poetry, when I'm commissioned to write something, I have to step into their zone. I have to step into that space. So it does take a lot from me because I put myself in their relationships. I put myself in, I write for funerals. I put myself in the mindset of the, a loss. So yeah, it does take a lot from me wow. to come up with these pieces. Wow. <laughs> Writing for funerals, that sounds like high pressure. I'm sorry. That, that is, uh, that's important work, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to do that. Okay, so how did you transition from a writer to a performer? Was there a line there? Yes. So I remember, I don't know if you're familiar with Expressions of You on 18th oh, and Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yeah. So I would, um, I got familiar with open mics and things of that nature, and I've always written and my sister used to go with me and I would stand up there at the mic with this piece of paper in my hand and it would literally be shaking because wow. <laughs> I'm so scared but for some reason I just needed to do it and at so uh how old was I I think I was 17. oh my gosh yes. I was 17 because yeah I was 17 I had my daughter at 16 and she was about one wow. and I would stand at that mic stand and my paper would just <laughs> and my sister whenever we would leave she'd be like why do you keep doing this you're about to pass out every single time and I'm like I don't know I just have to do it and then <laughs> it went from me at expressions of you to performing at the Kentucky Center, to performing at Actors Theater, to performing in beer gardens, and just, and I get lost in it. I get absolutely lost in it. Expressions of you is no longer with us. No. Uh, R.I.P., right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, that, that was a great performance <laughs> space. Oh, my goodness. So now you're, you're a mother now, right? And you're yeah. balancing career and poetry and being a mom. What's all that like? It makes for good content. <laughs> So I'm a mother of four, and I'm about to be a grandmother. Oh, my goodness. Yes, my oldest child. She's 21. She's about to have my grandson this month. So he's just going to call me G. Ain't going to be no granny. <laughs> but it is a, it is, it's hard. There has, no, there has never been anything easy about balancing. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of missing things, especially when I kind of transitioned from, 
even on the uphill of it, I had to attend open mics for free, like they were paying me, but I built an audience from that. Of course. I've had to, the building part of it is what took a lot of time and money and sacrifice. It took a lot away from my family. And to this point, um, my kids keep me humble because no matter what I do, <laughs> no matter what I do, no matter where I'm published, no matter what award I receive, no matter who I mingle with, I have to do better. <laughs> They're like, that's normal. I'm like, no, it's not. None of this is normal. But they see my sacrifice. And, you know, thanks to thanks to Logic and th this uh, cohort, they see that all of that is paying off. They see that I don't. I worked in healthcare for almost 15 years. I'm no longer working in healthcare, and they see that I am now living and doing everything that I've ever desired, and it wow. came from that sacrifice. So, wow. so it's kind of a lesson there. Like, if you want to, if you want a dream job, you got to work for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet to be living your dream. Yeah. Finally, that congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. So, Robin G, tell us more about these workshops you're going to be leading yes. coming up at Logic. I may, if there's any dates or ways people can find more information, please okay. share that with our audience. Definitely. So, um, my workshops are created around my original pieces. They're just breakdowns of the poems. Um, we pull from the stanzas, we find what resonates with us, and then we affirm. So my creative writing and positive, it's a creative writing and positive affirmation. We never, I never produce a workshop without affirming with, with the participants of who they are, where they want to be, where they're going. Um, and you can find the date, the upcoming dates, you can follow the Equity and Arts page on uh, Facebook and social media. And I'll also be sharing to my website as well, robingpoetry.com. And my social media as well is just, you can find me everywhere robin g poetry <laughs> i like to be consistent <laughs> are you still performing regularly in the community too not regularly well yeah pandemic maybe yeah the pandemic kind of <laughs> and then you know i'm kind of more so um i love performance it's always the heart of me but i'm more so creating a platform for other performings up-and-coming artists uh to perform creating spaces for them that's that's kind of my passion i've always said it's it's bigger than poetry it always will be it always has been so creating a space and a platform platform for other up-and-coming performers, giving uh, spoken word workshops on how to enunciate and project your voice and things of that nature is kind of more my focus now. Yeah, I mean, the, I, the whole performance side of it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm now wanting to ask you more about that too. Like, there's a difference between writing on the page and getting up and sharing what's yeah. in your heart in front of live people, especially. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you help people get there? Yes, so um, bringing a poem to life, bringing a poem from the page to the microphone are, is a different animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, you can stand up there and you can just read your piece or you can just talk with no with no character in your voice and it, it doesn't. You, it doesn't connect right. so yeah I do a lot of I'm big on voice memoing your poem to yourself so that you can hear what words need emphasis where do you need to pause when you need to breathe like I'm very uh, I manipulate my breaths yeah. my my the way I pronounce words enunciate words like it's it's a lot yeah. <laughs> the delivery to the audience you have to connect and that's not always easy and not everybody can do that so yeah <laughs> and have you ever had the job of, I guess it's almost 
more like being an actor, of having to read someone else's poetry. Yes. I've, I did Fix It Girl for Hannah Drake. I read one of her pieces for Actors Theater. And I don't think that I ever did it justice. <laughs> it's kind of hard to read other people's pieces because you... There's just some, there's a, there's always going to be this disconnect. And I have, I have published work out there. I have, I have three collections of poetry and people are begging, pleading for uh, the audio of them because they're like, we don't read it like you do. And I understand that because it's like, there's you, you're, when a writer writes their pieces, there is this, they're writing with their souls. And I don't think that we as readers or as um, reading their pieces ourselves can ever go there. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, this has been so cool. Good to get to know you. And uh, I encourage people to stay tuned in to robingpoetry.com and and keep following Logic uh, at logic, L-O-D-G-I-C.org to learn more about these workshops coming up. Uh, Good luck with continuing to with the work uh, and expressing yourself while balancing it all. I know that's not easy. <laughs> not at all. But like I said, it makes for great content. <laughs> I'm going to keep writing pieces. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Thank Robin uh, Robin Garner of Robin G Poetry, uh, the third of the groups that were in the Insightful Business Accelerator cohort for 2022-24, coming to you live from Logic Everyday Community here at the Gateway to Nulu, 552 East Market Street. Uh, And it is a wonderful co-working space and childcare space and uh, worth checking out at logic.org. And it is time now for our community action calendar here on Sustainability Now. Just because we're coming to you live doesn't mean we get to skip that. So I hope you've got your pencils sharpened and your calendars out and are ready to take action for sustainability this week. There's a lot of great stuff coming up in Louisville. So uh, it all begins tomorrow on Tuesday, February 8th at 6 p.m. online. There's going to be a fantastic community conversation sponsored by the Greenheart Project of Louisville and UofL. Uh, And it's a conversation with Dr. Natasha Desjardins on the inflammation of discrimination. Does discrimination modify the environmental contribution to cardiovascular risk? The guest speaker will be Natasha Desjardins, PhD, Assistant Professor of Medicine at UofL. No pre-registration is necessary for this conversation. You can just find the link to join at facebook.com slash CLBE, uh, I'm sorry, CLB Envirome Institute for the Christina Lee Brown Envirome Institute. Facebook.com slash CLB Envirome Institute. Or for more information, you can email them greenheartlouisville at gmail.com. It's also Black History Month, and there is so much going on in our community to celebrate black history, to learn about black history. Uh, And I've got a couple uh, of film festivals to share with you that are going on. UofL is hosting a black film festival every Wednesday through March 2nd, actually. It goes past February. Uh, with screenings on Wednesdays at 5 and 7.30 p.m. in the Student Activity Center in the Floyd Theater up on the third floor. And the Floyd is partnering with multiple organizations on campus for this series of films 
chronicling the history of black cinema from the silent era to today. It's free and open to the public, and you can even meet representatives from the Cultural Center at UofL, the National Pan-Hellenic Council, and UofL's Vote Everywhere team. You can find all the details at events.louisville.edu. And coming up this Wednesday, February 9th, again at 5 or 7.30 p.m., they're going to be screening Black Klansmen about uh, in Colorado Springs in the 1970s when Ron Stallworth, a black police officer, runs an undercover operation to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan with the help of a Jewish colleague. Coming up on February 16th, they'll be screening Remember the Titans. On February 23rd, it's Slay the Dragon, a documentary about gerrymandering in America. And it wraps up on March 2nd with In the Heat of the Night, Sidney Poitier, R.I.P., starring as Virgil Tibbs, a black detective sent to investigate a murder in a southern town. Uh, You won't want to miss it. It's all free and open to the public in the Student Activity Center Floyd Theater on the University of Louisville's campus every Wednesday through March 2nd at 5 and 7.30 p.m. Also coming up this Friday, February 11th at the University of Louisville, it's the next in the series of Winter Orchard Care Workshops. We're going to be getting together to prune and maintain our community orchards. And this Friday from 1 to 3.30 p.m. we'll be at University of Louisville's Urban and Public Affairs Garden, which is located behind the Urban and Public Affairs building at 426 West Bloom Street on that brick alley behind the building. You can come learn some simple tricks for taking advantage of the dormancy period to improve the health and productivity of fruit trees within our community. Winter, of course, is the perfect time for pruning orchard trees to reduce disease and increase fruit production. We just had a great crew out this past weekend on Sunday at Lots of Food, pruning those almond and hazelnut trees uh, on a beautiful day. And that's what it's going to be like this Friday at 1 p.m. Tools will be provided. Uh, If you have any pruning tools that you want to bring, you're welcome to. Um, We'll be getting together uh, to learn together uh, with this hands-on workshop designed to improve the health of the mini orchard at the Urban and Public Affairs Garden, which features cherry, apple, peach, fig, and native pawpaw, service berry, and hazelnut trees. You can drop in anytime from 1 to 3.30 or sign up to volunteer in advance. It's part of a spring series of garden workshops hosted uh, by the Garden Commons. And also, uh, this orchard uh, workshops are sponsored by our friends and community partners of Forward Radio, the Urban Agriculture Coalition. You can learn more about Friday's Winter Orchard Care Workshop at louisville.edu slash sustainability. Also coming up Friday, February 11th in the evening from 6 to 8.30 p.m., the Waterfront Botanical Gardens is hosting a Friday night speaker series with Abra Lee. Uh, This is going to take place at the Botanical Gardens in the Grazer Family Education Center. It's located at the very north end of Frankfurt Avenue, uh, 1435 Frankfurt Avenue. If you haven't been to Waterfront Botanical Gardens, fascinating place uh, to learn about plants and horticulture and to celebrate the conversion of an old landfill into something useful in our community. You don't want to miss it. And this is going to be a fascinating talk, a discussion of the historic and extraordinary 
horticultural legacy of some of our nation's greatest black agrarians, artists, writers, photographers, educators, and florists. This exciting cultural conversation will foster a deeper understanding of the vast contributions to the American landscape, as well as some plants that inspired their gardens. Abra Lee is an Atlanta-based horticulturalist, author, and speaker. Her career focuses on researching and writing about black American garden history, uh, cocktail hours from 6 to 7, with food and beverage, and a lecture follows, including uh, time for uh, Q&A. Uh, most info and more information and tickets are available at waterfrontgardens.org. And again, that's Friday at 6 p.m. on February 11th. Now, the other Black History film series I wanted to tell you about is every Sunday in February at 1.30 p.m. at the main public library on York Street down in the Centennial Room. ULL Health Sciences Center Office of Diversity Inclusion in conjunction with the Louisville Free Public Library will be hosting a Black History Month film series again every Sunday in February. And those films will be followed by a panel discussion for more conversation about the issues brought up in the films. It's already begun and coming up this Sunday, February 13th at 1.30, it's Tulsa, The Fire and the Forgotten a documentary about the deadly assault on the 100th anniversary of the crime in Tulsa in the context of other racial massacres and police killings. This should be an important community conversation coming up on Sunday, February 13th at 1.30 p.m. They'll be continuing on the 20th with the film Green Book, uh, set in the 60s, and then the wrap-up on February 27th with The Last Black Man in San Francisco, you can find the link to get more information at lfpl.org slash bhfilms. And again, it's every Sunday at 1.30. No need to register in advance. It's all free and open to the public in the main public library on York Street. And also wanted to let you know that coming up next Monday, February 14th, uh, it's going to be a monthly plant swap that takes place at High Wire Brewing, 642 Baxter Avenue from 6.30 to 10 p.m. Join them for their monthly plant swap from 6.30 to 10 on the second Monday of each month. You can swap succulents and clippings, share tips and tricks, trade tools and planters, and spill the plant deals spotted around town. Uh, we'll be doing this every month, so you've got plenty of opportunities to hang with your green-thumbed buds. You can learn more on Facebook. Just look for High Wire Brewing, H-I-W-I-R-E Brewing, and they're at 642 Baxter Avenue every Monday, second Monday of each month at 6.30 to 10 p.m. And that is all we have on our community calendar for the week. Uh, but we can wrap up our conversation live here in Logic with Cheryl Farr, CEO Welcome to the program, Cheryl. How are you doing? Hi, Justin. It's great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me uh, to the space. It's so cool to finally be here. Yes, I'm so glad for you to be able to actually record here. This is just awesome. And meet our extraordinary cohort right. for the Equity and Arts um, Insightful Business Accelerator. It's exciting, isn't it? It, it, it sure is. What a cool program. So many different angles. Uh, we, we talked about 
about today uh, and such a great opportunity for the community to come in and learn more through these workshops. Yeah, we're really excited. You know, when Logic was envisioned um, uh, way back when, <laughs> um, when it was just an idea on a piece of paper, um, the idea, part of the idea was for us to be able to drive our own programming that really could create, bring people into the space, have really relevant conversations, um, do, discover new things, um, try new things out, have fun, socialize together, and really have a reason to come together and m create create community and participate in, in new things and new ideas and meet people they might not otherwise meet. Yeah. So um, we've been busy over the last uh, three years getting the brand up and running and um, we hadn't, there's so much that we're still discovering about what Logic can do. But um, I think this is a really exciting way to really bring people into community and for us, part of our mission has always been to have a, be a positive impact in any community we enter. And um, uh, this is so important to who we are and the future yeah. of Logic, I think. Yeah. It certainly seems like you're making it happen here. Uh, how has COVID impacted the business? Oh, well, <laughs> a lot. If you've ever thought about opening a hospitality-driven business in the middle of a global pandemic, I would say try to avoid it at all costs. That said, um, you know, it's growing the brand has been a little slower than we would like, but it, in reality, I have to I have to lift up our operators. Um, we have three locations, the first in Champaign, Illinois, second one in Madison, Wisconsin, which opened in June 2020. Oh, wow. And then uh, here in Louisville, we opened in April 2021. And we have grown leaps and bounds, even in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, I think it, we, ha we have committed, passionate operators, people who believe in what we're doing. You know, we exist for a reason that's, that's well beyond um, uh, lining shareholders' pockets because we are, of course, a not-for-profit not organization. Um, we act, look, and feel, as you can see, like a, like a consumer-driven organization, but we exist to um, take our proceeds and do positive things with them in the community. And so we people have been so committed to what we stand for and our vision um, about what Logic is about to really serve people in a whole new way by bringing together co-working, uh, childcare, food and beverage and events so that people can use those services in any combination they see fit and switch it up tomorrow. And then, of course, what we're doing here with Equity in the Arts is pushing that to a whole nother degree. But COVID's been rough. Um, it's it's been rough it's not only it's sort of emotionally rough more oh, than yeah. anything yeah. right there's nothing harder than opening the doors of a new business and then the news cycle changes and yeah. you know you start climbing a hill and then the news cycle changes and suddenly everybody goes home or you know filling seats on the bus in terms of hiring has been tough but what I tell my what I tell my team is look at how much leadership muscle you're building right. and which is really exciting and I think we're really quite optimistic about 2022 
I think we're all ready to come out of the house. <laughs> oh, I am, definitely. Oh, yeah. So you're finding ways to make this space safe for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, since the beginning, COVID protocols have been mission critical to us. Um, we really um, maintain very high cleanliness standards. As you can see, we still, all of our staff and all of our locations still masks. Yeah. Um, we do have a vaccine mandate yeah. for all of our staff. Um, which everybody happily adheres to because we're trying to keep each other safe and we're trying to keep every all of the members of our community who come in the doors safe so we figure safer is better we want people to feel like they can come and participate in community here so well it's so great that you're building community in the middle of a pandemic uh <laughs> It's it's hard work, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, again, you want to repeat some of the basics for people to learn more about the organization? Yes, indeed. Um, we're here Logic Everyday Community at 552 East Market Street, right at the gateway to Nulu. Um, please learn more about what we're doing here and the causes we support, both nationally and locally, at logic.org, L-O-D-G-I-C.org. And you'll see all of our lines of business there. And it does feel a little bit like a lodge, especially here in the winter. We've got the fire going and everything, uh, right? It's, it's using that cozy. aesthetic. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cozy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for having me in your podcast studio today. It's been a, such a great treat to meet you all and to get to know this place some more. And uh, we could look forward to continuing the conversation. Uh, but we are all out of time here on Sustainability Now. So thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we will be back in your ears again next week. So stay tuned to Forward Radio. Lots of great stuff coming up. But for now, I'm signing off from our special live broadcast here in the podcast studio at Logic. And we'll see you next week, my friends. Be well. Be the Solo vos y yo haciendo